This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 8.49, Tuesday, 30th of January, and you're listening to The Morning Run. In about 15 minutes, we've got the FBM KLCI opening, as well as corporate results from the likes of Lotte Chemical and Tasco. But in the meantime, let's talk about pension reform in the civil service. Because last week, the government caused a stir when it announced plans to reform the hiring policy for civil service this year. Deputy Prime Minister Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi said that new hires to the civil service will contribute to retirement schemes like EP and SOXO as part broader moves to phase out traditional pensions. Existing civil servants will retain, however, their pension benefits under the current system. And based on Budget 2024, the government will spend 32.4 billion ringgit on retirement charges, accounting for 10% of operating expenditure. The Deputy PM said that this figure would balloon to 120 billion by 2040 if the current scheme is maintained. The reform announcement has sparked fierce debate over the sustainability of pensions, with the civil service union that's QPEX urging the government to maintain the current system for new hires. So really, what is the fiscally responsible thing to do to ensure that the welfare of civil servants is preserved without emptying government coffers? For a perspective on this, we speak to economist Dr. Nung Sari A. Radi. Good morning, Dr. Nung. Always good to speak to you. Now, from a fiscal perspective, tell us why can't the government continue funding pensions for civil servants or to put it another way, what needs to happen for the government to be able to afford paying for lifetime pensions as it currently does? Well, one option is actually for Quap to uh, quadruple in its fund size. It's now at about 150 billion. It needs about 640, 650 billion to be able to finance um, the current uh, uh, pension bills. So that's one option. The other option is actually to, to keep on doing it which means to keep on increasing like the figure you quoted uh, allocation uh, within the operating budget to pay for pensions. But that would mean you have to give up uh, other parts of the operating budget. But then again, there's not much in the operating budget that you can uh, give up because, uh, you know, the other bigger parts are uh, emoluments, you know, uh, interest payments for debt and, and, and such. So that's not an option. First option is not doable. So that's for to protect the sustainability of the present people who are working and in, in the pension scheme and for those who are already uh, retired uh, you have to stop the throughput of new uh, new pensioners to the system uh, Dr. Nung, the government, as we were saying just now, the government is planning to phase out the traditional pen- traditional pension schemes, uh, introducing a hiring policy where uh, new hires will contribute to EPF and SOXO. And, and yes. do you think, how do you think civil servants might be disadvantaged if they are made to opt for EPF-funded retirement instead of the existing pensions? Well, people like you and I, since 1957, have been on EPF mm. and we are fine. See, the one thing that I think the one thing that people uh, tend to forget is actually without doing this, uh, the time bomb that is the pension uh, uh, time bomb will explode and affect everybody who was already retired and who will retire who are already in in the service. You see, you need to. Uh, the 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 you quoted the figure about thirty two billion a year, and the numbers goes up two billion, three billion every year. Now, uh, that number 
the outstanding forward obli uh, obligation will never uh, decline because people live longer and we have very generous uh, pension scheme that when the pensioner dies, then his or her uh, spouse gets uh, pension again. So what needs to happen is we need to actually uh, ensure that um, the number reach a peak and then decline. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, that can only happen if you stop putting in new people on the scheme. Dr. Nung, so this is this is about saving the pension of people already in the scheme. Okay. But Dr. Nung, going forward, do you think the government should actually communicate this better? Because it's not like people are going to be left in the lurch. If you do join the government service, there is going to be EPF offered to you. But is there a lack of understanding in terms of what EPF is? Yeah, I think I think the communications definitely could have been better. Mm. <laughs> they could have just explained that you know, uh, in order to save the the, the integrity, sustain, ensure sustainability of the present present uh, scheme, you need to do this. And for those new entrants, they will be offered EPF, and EPF is not like some something inferior, you know, and that entails the government also having to contribute to EPF as a as a as an employer. So, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. Communication could have been much, much, much better. Dr. Nu, you were talking about time bombs just now. I, I was just reading that Malaysia's bureaucracy is one of the biggest in the world. Our ratio is like, you know, 4.5% uh, compared with Singapore's ratio of 1.5% uh, civil servants to total population. Your thoughts on bringing this ratio down, maybe? I'm I'm. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a very unpopular, uh, uh, unpopular move, especially when it comes to the ruling government. Well, I think I think you know there's there's variations in the way uh, you know whether you count the military or the police uh, inside that. But but I think the the immediate problem, uh, the size is one thing, but the immediate problem uh, is more financial. I think so. That's why I think this is a tough decision. A decision that's been delayed. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that the government has taken this decision. Uh, uh, to to as part of its fiscal consolidation mm. as well as uh, to ensure that those already in the system uh, will, will continue to enjoy the pension. And mindful, you know, we have about, I don't know, right now it's 35, right? 32. If you take 20 years, that's about 700. So easily, the government needs to still find uh, seven, eight hundred billion uh, funds to to defray all this pension expenditure, mm -hmm. even if uh, all the new entrants are are put on EPF. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not easy. Yeah. Okay. Aside from that monumental <laughs> task of actually being able to fund existing pensions, Doctor Nung, sorry, I have a question in terms of political will. So clearly this needs to be done. We don't have the money for it. There's a lot of fiscal constraints we face and we don't spend enough on CAPEX, on development expenditure, on improving healthcare, yes. education. I think those are the priorities. Yes. Do you think there's going to be political will to push this through though? Or will we just continue to kick the can down the road? I think it's been announced. This is the type of, the type of thing that... Uh, I don't think they're, they're, they're flying some trial balloons. So no I turning that, back? I, I think so. I would think so. I think, I think, uh, uh, yeah. Otherwise, I don't think they just something like this. They, they're not flying trial balloons. <laughs> I think it will be done, and it will be one of those uh, key reforms. I think apart from legislative reforms like the Fiscal Responsibility Act, I think this is a major, major reform because it's a major, major uh, contingent liability on the government. Should politicians who serve as MPs or government positions be exempt from the pension system? As I mean, this was the discussion that's going around today. But PM has answered that, right? PM said, he, he said everybody, right? <laughs> I think future ministers, but 
I think there's also a debate about current ministers who perhaps in the oh. past have been menteri bursas or political appointees yeah. and some of them are, uh, apparently receive up to three or four pensions and and I think the government... Maybe two, Shaoning, <laughs> not three or four. Unless you, you get elected in two states and one federal, you get three pensions now. It had to be different states, right? But but to be to be to be to be to be to put things in perspective, though, I think uh, pensions uh, uh, expenditure for members of administration and and MPs uh, at the federal level is less than half of a percent, right, yeah. uh, of the total amount. But given the unpopularity of the move, you have to sacrifice politicians as well, uh. But uh, I think the PM has said, I think going forward, uh, all. Uh, MPs and members of administration will also be put on EPF, right? Yeah, future. But I guess yeah. he has basically said that uh, current politicians have to be morally responsible ah. and choose only mm. one pension scheme. Yeah, either state or federal. the top, right? Yeah, either state or federal pension. Yeah, right. Because, uh, but state, I think state pensions are, 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 are paid for by, by states themselves. I think uh, if... if if they if they like to help state government, then they take federal pension. If they like fed, federal government, then take state pensions. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Dr. Nung Sari Eradi, economist, uh, telling us why it's so important to push ahead with the new EPF scheme rather than continuing with the pension scheme, partially because really we can't afford it and it will actually impact those who are already serving in civil service and actually enjoy the pension scheme. Up next, we've got, of course, the FBMKLCI opening as well as Market Insights with Joe Quinnan of the US Trust Bank of America. Stay tuned for that BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.